Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, the podcast where we talk with our members about what is currently top of mind for pharmacists, student pharmacists, and pharmacy technicians. I'm ASHP President Tom Johnson, and today we'll be chatting with Marianne Clethermus, ASHP's Director of Medication Safety and Quality, and Michael Ganio, Senior Director of Pharmacy Practice and Quality at ASHP, about the Standardized for Safety Initiative. For those of you who aren't familiar with Standardized for Safety, this initiative is the first national interprofessional effort to standardize medication concentrations to reduce errors and improve transitions of care. It establishes standard concentrations for IV and oral liquid medications for patients of all ages in settings ranging from hospital to home. Thanks for joining us today. First, let's get some introductions out of the way. So Marianne and Mike, how about you tell us a little bit more about your roles? Marianne, let's start with you. Tell us about your role in medication safety and quality and its important focus at ASHP. Well, hi, Tom. And uh, just first say that it's great to be here. So my role, I am relatively new to this position having joined in late January. So I'm still in a learning phase as to exactly what the role is. However, since I witnessed way back, back in my PharmD program, several serious adverse drug events, medication safety has been a passion of mine throughout my career. So this position feels like a perfect fit with a focus on providing safe and optimal care for patients in regard to their medication. So anything along those lines is, uh, comes under this purview of what I'm doing here at ASHP. Great. Thanks, Marianne. Mike, why don't you tell us more about your role as Senior Director of Pharmacy Practice and Quality at ASHP? Sure. Thank you for having us on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I started within ASHP about two and a half years ago as staff, and my role primarily includes things related to the drug supply chain and also includes compounding, so standard concentrations of compounded uh, oral liquids or IV solutions would fall under my purview as well. My expertise is in uh, anything related to USP, whether it's 787 or 795, and then, of course, NIOSH hazardous drugs and how, they, how they're included within our compounding. Great. And thank you both for your roles. Very much appreciate the work you do. And I know that I, I've probably leaned on both of you at different times as we've had different discussions uh, over the last several years. So to get us started, we'll, we'll get back to standardized for safety specifically here in just a minute. But Marianne, why don't you set the stage for us? Why do we need national standards for medication concentrations? Well, I think the reason we need it is to improve safety and quality for our patients. And one thing we've learned in our journey to achieve quality care is if we standardize care where it makes sense, quality improves. So we know that that works. So despite a long time interest for patient safety advocates for standardization, nothing has happened until recently, until we started this initiative. There's no national consensus for standardized concentrations of IV medications or oral liquid medications. And without standardized doses, medication errors are more likely to occur, particularly when patients transition from one setting to another. For example, a patient may be receiving a compounded medication in a hospital where the dose they've received may be equivalent to one teaspoon. And, you know, the patient and the family see that. And then when they are discharged, the pharmacy may compound the same medication at a different concentration. 
And this may not be so clear to a patient, even if it's on the label. And so what you may have is a patient going back to what they were familiar with, what they were trained with in the hospital and get a teaspoon. And that may be an underdose or an overdose. So additional benefits of medication standardizations include this continuity of medication therapy for patients throughout wherever they're transitioning. And I just gave an example of a hospital to home, but this could be ICU to the floor, or it could be hospital to a long-term care facility or home infusion company. Yeah, those are great patient examples of specifically how concentrations can be a big deal for people and, and the illustration of a teaspoon or mills or what we're looking at. And well, I gave them a teaspoon. Well, that was a different concentration. You really should now give the tablespoon. All can get confusing for the patients. So Mike, beyond the patient specific side, what else would you add in terms of other benefits for standardization? Well, having standard concentrations, either oral solutions or IV medications could simplify ordering with an EHR. So having limited choices uh, or even providing choices for the prescribers as they're entering orders, it makes it less likely for there to be an error with selecting the wrong medication or the wrong concentration. The standards also allow manufacturers to take a look at items that maybe are not commercially available yet and provide some guidance on, on what those concentrations might be. For example, oral liquids that we often have to compound by crushing tablets or using bulk powders. If a manufacturer decides they they want to make a commercial formulation, this gives them a starting point of what concentrations are are going to be used primarily uh, in practice. Other operational efficiencies can be gained by standardization. As Marianne mentioned, uh, the more standardized something becomes more routine meaning as technicians or other pharmacy personnel are compounding or preparing drugs, there's less variation. So there's less likely to be any sort of error. You can reduce the amount of inventory you have on hand if you're only stocking particular concentrations of medications so you can get some efficiency with your inventory management. IV pump libraries and EHRs become easier to program as well. So there are other gains in addition to the the safety and quality that Marianne mentioned. Those are great points, Mike. I know as we went through some transitions within our health system and bringing facilities together and standardizing order sets and EHR libraries and formularies and pump libraries, we just had to get to a standard set. So trying to get to that at a national level is even even more important. So now we've talked about standardization in general, I guess, but why don't we start talking about standardized for safety and specifics in terms of that initiative? So Mike, I'll give this question to you. What can you tell us specifically about the initiative and what has been ASHP's role and what will be ASHP's role? Well, a lot of this started back in 2008. There was an IV safety summit and that multi-stakeholder summit was convened to address preventing patient harm and death from IV medication errors. And one of the findings from that summit was uh, that the lack of standardization is a risk for causing harm or causing errors. So ASHP received funding from FDA's Safe Use Initiative. We applied for and and received the the grant for this. And the goal is to develop and implement national standardized concentrations for IV and oral liquid medications, exactly what we've been describing. And as you mentioned, this would be the first national interprofessional effort to standardize medication concentrations with the goal of reducing errors, uh, especially during transitions of care. There have been some regional efforts, particularly in Michigan and some health systems within Indiana, but this would be the first nationally recognized 
set of standards for these medications. The goal is to establish these standards for IV and oral liquid medications for patients of all ages in settings ranging from home all the way to the hospital. So in collaboration with pharmacists, nurses, physicians from across the care continuum, ASHP has created several standardized concentration lists. Hospitals and health systems are encouraged to adopt these standardized concentration lists to improve patient safety and decrease medication errors. Thanks, Mike. Those lists are interesting to me. Marianne, can you give us a little bit more specifics on on those standards and what those lists look like? Yes, glad to. So currently we have three completed lists that technical expert multidisciplinary panels have completed. The first one is the standard concentration for medications given as IV continuous infusions for adult patients. The second one is standard concentrations for compounded oral liquid medications. And the third one that was just recently completed is the standard concentrations for medications given as IV continuous infusion for pediatric patients. So there are additional lists under development and coming soon. And those are standard concentrations for intermittently infused medications or IV piggybacks, medications used in PCAs or patient-controlled analgesia pumps, And final list is not quite a a standard of concentrations, but a recommendation for rounding of uh, oral liquids. And that's to eliminate errors when patients or nurses or anyone who's administering the medication are trying to administer a dose that works out to be 3.365 mLs. And so what will happen in this case is the standard will advise to either use 3 or 3.5 mLs, depending on the medication properties. So, you know, my experience has primarily been working with standards for pediatric IV continuous infusion, and I suspect that the rest of the technical expert panels worked around the same kind of principles. And what they did is they established certain principles that Mike even mentioned already, you know, that we want to use pre-made concentrations whenever possible. We want to avoid tenfold differences in concentrations as recommended. So we're not using one and 10 milligrams per ml where somebody can easily make a mistake. And we want to make sure that there's stability and evidence for the concentrations that we picked. And using these principles, expert panels developed the concentrations for commonly used medications. And then these were distributed for public comment. And then uh, the technical expert panels address those comments and we have our standardized list. That's awesome. Those pesky decimal places always cause people problems, don't they? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, it sounds like a lot of work's been done and some more uh, publications on the way. So, Mike, what are some of the next steps that we should expect out of this initiative? Well, we're continuing to convene groups of experts to complete the list that Marianne referenced. But another component of Standardized for Safety is encouraging hospitals and health systems to adopt the lists. They're really, they're strengthened more and more of the adoption of the lists will reinforce the standards. So when you think about the potential for these lists, uh, I think I mentioned EHR build, pump library build. If these lists are adopted nationally, we can start to look at getting these concentrations built into EHRs, uh, built into pump libraries automatically. Uh, Even e-prescribing, if you think about prescribing something from your hospital's EHR to a community pharmacy down the street, having the flexibility to to do these things really is hinged on the adoption and strengthening of the standards. 
Uh, so it's really important that hospitals and health systems adopt the standards as they're published so that these additional benefits can be realized. That's great. One of the challenges with getting changes implemented are sort of the pushback that you might get. So can either one or both of you describe some of the systems for ongoing review after these are getting rolled out and, and what kind of feedback these expert panels are looking for? Clearly, there's been a lot of work already put into them and there's agreement to this, but every project I've ever rolled out, I, there's something that's unanticipated that comes back once it starts going live. So what are some of those processes? Marianne, let me start with you. Well, I, you know, I think as part of our duties at ASHP will be to, to handle those and, and figure out the best process for each request that comes through or those changes. So I think that that, and maintaining that uh, standards for safety website that I'll talk about uh, hopefully in a few minutes when you give me that opportunity, we will be as part of our everyday job duties is to be reviewing that and making sure that these things are living document and current. And I'll add to that. I know we, we receive feedback occasionally on the lists and, you know, currently the, the lists that are in their final form, probably we won't circle back to them, but part of the project is to, to look at a periodic review and likely a reconvening of the, the expert panels, whether it's the original panels or, or newly appointed members. But the, as Marianne said, it's really important for these lists to remain living documents um, so that they're up to date and they're relevant to practice. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate that. If nothing else, just personally, so when someone says, why would somebody ever pick that concentration? Well, A, I can answer, well, there's actually a process and people agreed to this and we brought in lots of stakeholders. But B, if you really have a comment, there's a place to go to that. So that's good. Well, tell us more about those tools and resources in terms of adoption and feedback and all those things. So I'm sure you've got a, a pretty good list here for us, Marianne. So why don't you fill us in with those? I do. I do. I, you know, with all the effort that went into creating these standards, I mean, we really would like to see this adopted nationally and, you know, not just by health systems and hospitals, but by others too, because we talked about that transition doesn't just occur within hospitals that occurs within the community. So we've thought about this carefully and uh, understand that we need to support the organizations in order to develop these standardizations. The next step is to not only figure out where you are, but how are you going to change your organization? So we're also creating toolkits for institutions and state associations to support their members because we figure that they may have a more intimate connection with uh, health systems and hospitals within their state to create a sort of turnkey material to assist those pharmacists and those institutions to secure approval and utilizations of their standards in their organizations, be, you know, be the right for a P&T committee, that type of, of information will be provided in those toolkits. And then finally, all pharmacists can and members who are interested in this standardized for safety can join the Connect community under this website where you can ask questions, stay informed. And as we talked about, if you have concerns about any of the concentrations, this will be a forum that we'll be monitoring and that we can help address the question you asked, why on earth did they pick that concentration? And believe me, those were conversations that occurred in these technical expert panels. I mean, we had to work through favorite concentrations of different organizations and, and look at our principles to come up with the ones that were finalized in the standard documents. Those sound great. Really looking forward to seeing those. Anything else for us, Marianne, before we move on to the next part? 
I think we will continue to work on resources and additional information as as they live, as these standard concentrations become living documents. So we are revamping that website and hopefully it'll be easy to use. We're working on the structure of each of these standard documents so that they will be easy to use and read and understand by the users. Great. Well, we talked about the website, but I don't know if we've actually given people the actual address. So why don't you give us that and we'll make sure that people can find what we're telling them about. Sure. That address is ashp.org slash standardize for the number four safety, no spaces. And I uh, can tell you that I just type in standardize for safety in Google and, and it comes up. So it's pretty easy to access. There you go. There you go. It, yeah. Google's pretty awesome that way. You just type in what you're thinking and it finishes your sentence most of the time. So, or any of those search engines, I suppose it, uh, it's amazing how they already know what I'm thinking as I start typing. <laughs> uh, well, good. Well, we've been talking quite a bit today here about our providers and our, and those of us uh, in pharmacy and our nursing colleagues and physician colleagues We've been talking about our patients and how they might benefit from these standards. But, Mike, are there any other groups in healthcare that have really shown interest in this standardization conversation? Uh, yes, actually, we've been approached, uh, or I have been approached, by um, pump manufacturers who are interested in the standards. As I alluded to earlier, the concept of having a pump library ready to load and ready to go is appealing to, to the pump manufacturers if that's something that they can pursue. Um, we've also been approached by drug manufacturers who are interested in the standards so that it'll help guide their formulations and really give them some insight into how the products are being used within the health system. And there's also an initiative out of the CDC called the PROTECT Initiative. And I'll save you the Google, uh, but it stands for the Prevention of Overdoses and Treatment Errors in Children Task Force. So the CDC has been engaged in the project as well, and, and they're interested in the output. So it's not, you know, well, well, of course, our main goal is the quality and safety of our patients, uh, those operational efficiencies that, that can be gained from the pump manufacturers and from drug manufacturers are also important. Great. All good things. All good things. Looking to uh, make life easier instead of harder at, at the end. So, and I guess that's probably the one last thing on standardization is it's not just to be standard, it's also to make things easier, make things flow better. And if we can do that, we're going to accomplish something. Well, it's getting to be the end of the time. Mike and Marianne, thank you so much for your time today. Anything else to add before we close out? No, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Look forward to working on this project. Absolutely. And we appreciate all that, that you both are doing and everybody else at ASHP to move this forward. Well, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank Marianne Clithermas and Mike Anio for joining us today to discuss the Standardized for Safety Initiative. Thanks again for tuning in for this session of Pharmacy Hot Topics. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and be sure to subscribe to ASHP Podcasts through your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.